Hey guys, Sarah here, and today on Deep Dive, I'm going to be talking about the international adoption and everything that goes with it. This is very personal to me because I was adopted at 11 months old by Rick and Nancy Scanlon from Guangzhou, China. They also adopted my little brother, Lyle, who was six months old at the time. There are a few questions that I would like to answer before the end of this podcast. How do you know where you're going to adopt from and how do you know that you want to adopt? What is the process like and how long does it take? And what are the feelings that go through the parents' heads throughout the whole process? Hey guys, I'm back with my parents, Rick and Nancy Scanlon. They have been through the adoption process twice to adopt my brother and I. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Thanks for asking. I'm doing great. Thanks, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. So let's jump right in. How did you guys know that you wanted to adopt a child? We've always talked about it from the first, from the beginning of our relationship. My older sister is adopted and we just knew that it was something we wanted to do. We wanted to be parents to a child um, in need. That's really interesting. So how did you guys know that you wanted to adopt from China? Well, there was a gentleman that I worked with that had adopted um, two children from China. And so I got to talk to him about his process and what they went through uh, and the the various countries that they were able to consider from. And he gave us a reference to the adoption agency that they went to. So we set up a meeting with the adoption agency to talk about the various uh, different countries that we were able to adopt from. And we ended up looking through all the paperwork and decided that China was the country that we want to adopt from because of their one-child policy and the number of children that were being abandoned. So something very interesting you said was that um, one of the reasons you chose China was because of its one-child policy in 2004. And China has been the top sending country, which means it has had the most children adopted out um, since the 1990s but it has since decreased that number of foreign adoptions by 86%. That's crazy. That's all for now. When we get back, we will be talking about the adoption process. Hey guys, we're back. And we want to know, what was the adoption process like? Was it different between 2004 and 2010? So the adoption process are adoption agency made really easy. They had all of the paperwork that we needed to fill out uh, in a very organized fashion. They had it noted where we needed to sign uh, any of the pertinent information that we needed to provide. So they made it very, very easy for us to provide, uh, to fill out. Uh, the actual completion of the paperwork process uh, took a, a little longer than we anticipated because for every document, we had to have a special signature from the state of Wisconsin and a special seal. So our first trip in 2000 and for our, for our 2004 adoption for you, we uh, drove to the Capitol and saw the, the uh, Secretary of State's office to get the seals for those uh, to make the process go smoother. For our next adoption in 2010 for your brother, we sent in for those uh, documents and had them mailed to us. The one thing we learned is um, no matter how much we tried to expedite the paperwork process, 
because we were really excited to get our paperwork in and get in our baby girl from China. Of we were on their their schedule. And I think the first time around, we were trying to do everything in our power to just get the process going. And no matter what we did, it was still, um, you know, on on the timeline that they had given to us. There was nothing we could do to just be the process up. So when we did it in 20, 2010, or well, actually we had filled out the paperwork a year after, so probably like 20, 2006, um, it, we let we let the process happen as it was supposed to. We didn't do anything to try to speed it up because we knew that we couldn't. Why do you think there was such a big gap between when you filed your paperwork and when you actually received your referral? Well, for you, there wasn't that big of a gap. It had been um, about every six months, like it was six months time frame. Um, we actually were the first set of referrals that they split the month. So we were like six and a half months, and then we had to wait two and a half months to travel. Um, but then um, China started changing their one-child policy, and less children were being adopted out. And so the wait time just kept getting longer and longer and longer. So then we decided to change our paperwork to accept a boy or a girl, and we also got to decide whether we would take one um, that was considered healthy or one with special needs. So we changed our paperwork again to either a boy or a girl and one that had special needs. What made you decide to change to a special needs child? We knew that, um, you know, we knew part of it that we would be getting a child sooner because um, we, you know, we didn't want to be old parents, to put it frankly, but we also kind of really thought about it. And when you think about God working in mysterious ways. There were certain things in church and and just on TV about special need children, and we just really talked about it and decided that this was something that we could really do. I think the hardest part was just figuring out what special need child we as parents could, you know, accept. accept. And be able to care for. So you guys said that it took a little longer for a healthy infant than it did before in 2004 because of China changing its one-child policy and everything and that a um, special needs child would get processed a little more quickly. And I would like to say that um, here in the United States for domestic adoptions, it's also the same, that for a healthy infant, it usually takes two to seven years, but for special needs children, it also they also get processed a little more quickly usually within a few months. So, did you guys have any fears throughout the adoption process? We had lots of fears. I know, especially as a mom, I we had to go through a, a day-long seminar about, you know, the attachment and the loss because you figure children are being taken from their their birth, birth parents, their birthplace, their, you know, in different surroundings, and especially with an international adoption, you look different. And so they prepare you that the child has to go through some certain, um, you know, things. And so I was very worried that, um, you know, I wouldn't have that mother bond because I didn't, you know, have the baby in me for nine months and give birth to you and, and, you know, that we weren't there since birth. So that was one of my largest fears that, you know, was, were you really gonna, you know, love me as your mom? Yeah, I definitely had the fear of would I be accepted and how long would it take for 
um, you and your brother to, but more so you, to attach to us and and love us and get to know us. Because as uh, Nancy said, we, we, we were taking you from the your caretakers. Uh, we looked different. We smelt different. We sounded different. And um, we, you know, we were just worried whether or not we were going to have that that bond and that attachment when that would take place. We were also going to a foreign country where we couldn't speak the language. We didn't know uh, any um, anyone there. We had no no idea what to expect. Um, along with that, you're carrying along with you large sums of money that you're worried about whether or not you're going to be, um, you know, attacked or, or, or rob someone robs you with all of that money. Um, but more so the fears centered around um, just becoming instant parents as well. When we didn't have the support of our families, we were in a foreign country. We were a time difference of 13, 14 hours. Um, calling back to the United States at that time was, you know, very expensive and difficult. We didn't have the FaceTime and things at, at, at the original. And so, you know, we had just each other and the people that we had known for 24, 48 hours we're really we have this new new parents new new child there's a lot of getting used to and so that was what was you know that was really um that was difficult but um and very scary and scary do you guys think your fears changed between adopting me and adopting Lyle uh very much so there was less a lot less unknowns uh, we were through the process we had been to China we had we knew what to do expect on the plane um, we had you along with us, so, um, and we, you know, we, we didn't have the fear of not that attachment or that bonding because of how, um, nicely that we all bonded and, um, we're, a, we're a very happy family. So that was very much less, uh, it took away a lot of the fear, uh, for us. I think having you along on the trip also took away a lot of the fear for the other parents on the trip to get your brother. Because they, the people could see that, wow, um, here's this six-year-old girl. Um, she is... Um, well-adjusted. Well-adjusted, just like the family. Um, <clears throat> and to top it all off, we for the second trip, we had FaceTime, we had Skype, we had uh, a lot easier access to our family back home where we could video chat um, instantly um, and pretty much as much as we wanted to. Uh, so we had more of a support system. The big fear for me the second time was... You know, I had this baby girl that I just was enamored with and loved so much that I was like, I'm getting another child. I want to love a child. But like, what is that going to feel like? What is that going to look like? How am I going to really be able to open my heart to love another child as much as I possibly love this first child? So that was kind of a big fear for me. And then um, the other thing was, is we were there like almost triple the amount of time that we were there the first time. So we really had to spend so much more time in a country that, you know, it wasn't comfortable and you don't know the language and the water issues. And so that was, um, you know, a, a, a fear and a challenge for me. Yep, definitely makes sense. When we get back, Rick and Nancy will tell us more about the moments leading up to receiving their children. Welcome back. We have Rick and Nancy Scanlon here to discuss the process and the feelings that go along with adopting a child. So, we have talked about the time leading up to the adoption, 
But what was it like when your child was placed into your arms? So the first time, you know, when you're going to get a baby and you're imagining that, oh my gosh, I'm traveling to China, I'm going to get my baby, the, you know, the heavens are going to open, trumpets are going to sound, and it's just going to be this fantastic event. And we were standing in a dark hallway and babies were in a room crying and one by one we watched all of the other families get their babies because they did it alphabetically. And then we got you put into our arms and you cried a little bit, you were sick. And I mean, that feeling of I'm a mom now was amazing, Um, but it was kind of underwhelming because it just was so quick and nobody was there and I don't know. How did you feel about it? I was freaked out. Um, all of the babies were were crying. Um, I was excited because we could see you in the room, uh, but we had to wait until all the other parents got their babies. Uh, I can assure you just about every parent is extremely nervous um, and very scared. Um, and when I, I remember the day, um, uh, you and mom had matching green shirts on. You I had a green shirt. I had a green, she- a green shirt picked out, but I decided to wear a red one because red is good luck. Um, and you were placed into mom's arms and you were just kind of looking at me and you weren't so sure about me. Um, it's because you were wearing that um, red, red shirt. shirt. Yeah, that's and, funny. And I was so, so afraid and I was able to hold you for a, about 10 seconds before you started crying and wanting to... You reached your to... arms out and you wanted to come back to me. You literally like came back to me and then from that moment on, you grabbed onto my shirt and for three straight days, you would not let me put you down. And for three straight days, the only time I could hold you was when you're sleeping <laughs> because every time you were, it was more than three days actually, it wasn't until Illinois when we got through the airport that I could finally hold you while you were awake and you wouldn't cry. Um, uh, all the other things were you could reach into my wallet for money or reach into the bag of Cheerios that I was holding. I um, love that money and Cheerios. Still do. <laughs> Still do. But so the thing is, is at the time we just thought, oh my gosh, what is this? What's happening? This baby's not loving us. You know, she's sick. She's, she won't get off my chest. But looking back at the, at the pictures and our video, you can just see the instant bond. And you can see you turn from this sick child into this happy baby that stuck her foot up on the high chair and was shoving tater tots <laughs> into her mouth, um, all within like 48 hours. It's, it's an unbelievable transformation when you're living it. You don't, you don't really realize it. But um, just looking back, I'm so glad we have your video that we can see how amazing and how, you know, it, you, we were truly blessed and you were exactly where you were supposed to be. Definitely. We are going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to learn more about Nancy and Rick's life today. And we're back. So, Rick and Nancy, we have explored your adoption history, but what is it like today? Looking back, is there anything you would do differently? I wouldn't change a thing. God had a plan for us, and if we would have changed anything, we wouldn't have the two beautiful kids that we have now, and we wouldn't be the the family that we are now. I I couldn't change, wouldn't change a thing. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I would say. The one thing I would like to, you know... 
Um, I wish I would have taken more time during the process when we were there getting you and when you were younger to really soak it in and and like live in the moment. Um, but you know, that's hindsight's always twenty twenty. So that's the only thing that, I mean, I wouldn't change the process, but I wish I really would have kind of soaked it in more while we were, you know, there. Totally makes sense. So unfortunately we're running out of time, but before you go, I'd like to ask one final question. What is one thing you would like people to know about adopting a child domestically or internationally? I can't speak to adoption, adopting domestically, but internationally. It's work with a reputable, uh, I guess, either or uh, working with a reputable agency that will help you through the process. Um, the agency that we did also did domestic adoptions, but we, we chose to go international. But working with a reputable agency will help you throughout the process, make sure that you're adopting from a, a safe country, one that isn't going to uh, prolong the process um, and help you answer all the questions and try to eliminate as much of the fear and uh, chaos that goes along with it. Uh, but it is definitely something that if, if anyone is interested in um, growing their family through adoption, it is something that I highly recommend and would uh, be willing to speak to anyone about. I think that uh, I would like people to know that whether you'll, you know, that baby is biologically yours or not, it is still your child. You love it just as much, if not more. And, you know, no matter what they look like or who they are, they are your baby. And that it is, um, I'm thankful to the, the birth parents that are able to give up their babies so that People like us who weren't able to have our own children um, can be parents and, and, and experience that. Thank you for that wonderful piece of advice. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. Rick and Nancy, thank you so much for coming in today. Wow, guys, they have left me with a lot to think about. Their final piece of advice is so good. As an adoptive child, I could not agree more. To all parents out there considering adopting a child, I totally recommend it. There are so many children out there waiting for a loving and caring family, and unfortunately, international adoption rates are only decreasing. Since 2004, they have dropped 72%. Before receiving their child, many adoptive parents feel that they are the ones who are going to change the child's life. But it's so much more than that. After the adoption, many parents feel that they haven't changed the child's life as much as the child has changed theirs. That's the last thought I'm going to leave with you guys because unfortunately, I am out of time. Thank you for listening and goodbye from all of us here at Deep Dive.